So it is definitely very, very good to be back. And we are back uh, today. Just in case you guys don't know, no, you know, we do this. In fact, I've even lost count of how many weeks we're past the uh, anniversary of COVID or whatever. So I will not mention that. But today is April 9th. 2021 year of our lord anui domni like like this is what we're living right now and we are live at the moment on facebook on youtube and we want to welcome everybody that is joining us right now we can see that there are some people live it looks like the chat is working we got jessica see things things feel good when jessica's the first one to say uh happy sabbath uh and and you know a I, more I'm, normal huh oh yeah no for sure like like if you if you see it uh, that's just like what we're used to. And then we got Michelle always remembering us East, West and all coming together right now. That's right. Although there's, def there's definitely more of a West coast bias over here at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Martin. uh, but, but in case anybody's wondering where our fourth member of the team, Jason is at, he's not here with us today. And that's because, well, he's here with us in spirit maybe, or I don't know what's going on, but anyways, he's not here with us. No, nothing bad's happened to him. Some people might say something bad is about to happen to him, but that we don't believe in that. We're we're we're, we're Christians, okay? We're Christians. That? Yeah, we're Christians. Wait, hey, about no, to get married. Hey, no knock on wood. No, 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 no knock on wood. No, no, no. We, yeah, yeah. We don't. We we already talked think, about superstitions. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we, we, we already talked about superstitions, guys. <laughs> we totally did. Uh, but anyway, so so uh, Jason is on his way to get married. Uh, that's that's look hashtag find Jason. No, 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 you don't have to find him. Who put that we, hashtag find Jason? That, that? Uh, Jessica, Jessica put hashtag Dude, find Jason. Well, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not seeing the comments. What's going on? Uh, I have no idea. You got to fix your computer. Uh, there must be something wrong with that razor you got going on there. Oh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But no, uh, look, the point is that he's not here. He's on his way to get married. And on behalf of the Keep Calm Advent on team and everybody else who joins us, we wish him the best. We will be praying for him. Uh, and, uh, hopefully the minister makes it because I'm not on my way over there. I, I got to marry the guy and I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm here with oh, you guys. So, you know, yeah, I know it's, it's all, it's all crazy, but, uh, we have, yeah, there we go. Jason, happy Sabbath guys. Look, he's laughing in the car, driving and texting at the same time. This is just great. Wow. That's uh, really uh, responsible. Real safe. Real yeah, safe. For sure. For sure. But we don't have Jason, but we have a special guest today and we want to welcome karen unkson today with us uh all the way from california uh, again this west coast bias martin I i'm not even going to try to introduce karen because you know karen <laughs> much much longer than I. I i technically we just met but um martin tell us a little bit about karen um well it's karen unkson uh she's a member of la voz somar um she's one of the I would say one of the leaders there, the, the lead leaders, if not the lead leader there, um, she might say no, you know, because she's a humble person. Um, she is a registered nurse. You know, she's part of our uh, our team, our, um, what's it called? The, our, uh, um, uh, what is it? The essential workers, right? That That is oh, yeah, yeah, essential workers, out yeah. in the hospitals, you know, and working, you know. Um, she was also one of the people that was part of, uh, of many campañas in, in Antillian with the pastoral team, you know, the pastor even called her a pastora, you know, cause, uh, she, she's oh. someone that is very knowledgeable, about, knowledgeable about the Lord, you know, and if it wasn't for Hurricane Maria, she would have finished not only her bachelor's degree in, in nursing, but she would have also gotten an associates, I would assume in, uh, in theology, you know, um, you know, Karen, I've, I've known for, 
the the literally the 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 weekend that was orientation at the university. I had seen her in La Voz many times before, mm. but you know we weren't we weren't as cool then as we are now. Nice, you know. So uh, she is she is mm. one of she was one of the nicest person. She's the the sister that grew on me, you know. Um, and I'm and I'm gonna keep it at that because then I'm gonna make Karen cry. Then it's gonna get all emotional. And Jason's already Jason already has the emotional side from the four of us. Okay, I so see. you know, can I make an analogy? So is this so if I was to put you, Martin, as Paul, is she the Chloe to the Paul oh. in the New Testament? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I would say, I would say she is, I would say she is. <laughs> well, well, it's good to have you, Karen. Um, I <clears throat> just, just to make sure, hopefully I, cause I know we were having a, a little bit difficulties with, with sound and, and getting connected, but, uh, are, are, are you there? Are, are, are you okay? How are you today? I'm here. I only heard about a third of that though. So for my, oh. um, I <laughs> heard like, go back on YouTube. this here. So don't think Martin's, yeah, I don't, you know what, it's better because I, I don't know what Martin's saying about me. So Martin lies sometimes, okay? Don't listen to everything he says. It was, it was um, only good things. I'm here. Right. I have screenshots, Martin. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, I I can hear you guys a little bit better now. I'm hey, hoping that I truth. can hear you good. Good, good, good. good. Well, hopefully can you guys hear me Yes, we can. Yeah, we can. A lot better now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot better. And, you know, I mean, if it comes in and out, if all of a sudden you cut out, you come back in, not a big deal. All right. You know, we'll, we'll make sure we carry the conversation, but we do need you because we, we generally recognize here that our special guests have all the answers. That's, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, for today's topic, that's this is Martin why you're here. Us. Yes. Yes. She's, uh, he said very clearly that, uh, you are here to give us all the answers on this topic. She's so the expert, man. She's the yes. expert. She knows it all. For sure. And, you know, uh, we're coming from like a theological background. So, uh, you know, we kind of need your, your, uh, uh, what would I say? Expertise in your field coming into what we're talking about, but thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And we're going to jump into this again. We want to welcome everybody that's joining us. We got Gregory King with us. Uh, we got, we got, um, uh, Goose two zero seven three zero. I don't know who that is. Okay, he's a he's a member of, of La Voz Somar. His, his name very is very nice. Uh, Goose, yeah, 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 very nice. Okay, so so again, we want want to welcome him. Uh, obviously, Jason. Uh, we said Michelle. We said uh, Jessica. And if you are watching us at this moment, you can send us a message on Facebook or YouTube, and we can get this live. We'll see it here. Uh, and we want to welcome Martin, who gave the last message at six seventeen p.m. Um, anyway. <laughs> With that being said, we are going to jump into this conversation, which we think is important. Actually, we know it's important. It's just one of those conversations that I think will keep being more and more important as the time goes by. But first, before we jump into this conversation that we are titling, So You Believe in Science, we want to have a word of prayer. And Andrew, is it okay if you lead us in that initial word of prayer? Yeah, of course. Bar heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, once again, uh, we are coming into your Sabbath, Lord, and just asking that you would uh, refresh our minds, Lord, uh, as we're coming into this topic that we know is a very important topic, Lord. Uh, and um, there could be a lot of confusion uh, about this topic, Lord. And we just want to ask that uh, everything that uh, we know as individuals about this topic or everything that we've studied, that uh, you would bring it back to our remembrance, Lord, and ultimately, Lord, that it, it may be through the lens of the Bible that we uh, that that we speak uh, the truth 
uh, today, Lord. I just ask that um, you would fill our hearers with your with your spirit, that you would be with us, Lord, and that um, ultimately that you would be with us in this conversation. I ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Andrew, for that. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I was told not to do this. And at the same time, I was told to do this. But you know how we are in Keep Calm Avenon. We try to keep it real with you guys. And, you know, there are certain things that just happen to jump into pop culture and they are what they are. All right. You know, and, and this goes directly to the conversation. And yes, believe it or not, but I am going to quote the movie Nacho Libre for one second. All right. Um, there is the scene. Okay. And if you have watched the movie, if you haven't, don't even worry about it. But look, Martin's already cracking up because he, he said he was going to start laughing. Where Nacho and Escaleto, the main characters in this movie, Nacho looks at Escaleto and says, I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? And Escaleto <laughs> responds, okay, and he says, because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me because I only believe in science. All right, look, I didn't make up that phrase. That's something that's in the movie. And in fact, if, if you've ever watched the movie, <laughs> That actually repeats itself many times throughout the movie. This idea of I believe in science. Now we laugh at it. Uh, if you if you've seen it, you probably laughed a lot. Especially if you're Hispanic, you kind of just identified with certain things, and you were just like, okay, this is pretty funny. Probably not anymore, for the record. <laughs> this is one of those movies where you just can't can't laugh anymore. But but this is hey, let me let me just throw it out there. This is something that people say. I believe in science. And, and as funny as it is, it's actually really serious for some people. And so I have a question for all of you today, for all of us today. If you have ever heard that, which I assume that you have at some point or another, why do you think that people say that? What do you think they mean by saying, I only believe in science? And because Karen is our guest uh, today, we let you have the first word. So, Karen, what, what have you picked up on? What, what are people trying to say when they say, I only believe in science or I believe in science and, you know, I, I don't believe in God or something like that? What, what do you pick up on that? Mercy. Um, well, first thing is somebody who says, I believe in, I only believe in science or I believe in science is clearly saying it in response to somebody questioning their faith um, or speaking about faith. Um, so somebody who says this, this phrase um, has this connotation that they maybe don't believe faith and science can work together. Mm -hmm. Because um, if, if they're saying that, they, they believe in science. They clearly, in the back of their mind, without saying it, believe that faith and science do not mix. And mm -hmm. would almost maybe even denounce faith as uh, foolish in some mm -hmm. cases when they say, I believe in science. So that's what mm. I, that's kind of what comes to mind for me when somebody says, I believe in science. Um, it's kind of derogatory towards faith and mm. um, asserting that your faith and my science don't mix, which I hope we talk about that later, but I don't think it's true. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's what I, that's mm. what I pick up from somebody saying that. For, for the record, the Nacho Libre script that's actually the point, right? Like there's one that's that's talking on behalf of faith and the other one says, no, I don't want anything to do with that because I believe in science and you're judging me. So yeah, I, I understand that. Andrew, uh, Martin, what, what do you guys think as well? What, what do people mean when they say, you know, I, I believe in science? 
Uh, that that's interesting. Yeah, I think that she, um, Karen, uh, pointed out a very uh, uh, interesting point. You know, I think that definitely. I mean, there's different types of people when it comes to you know the whole you know I believe in science. There might be the person that says, "Oh well, I believe in science based on the fact that you know they don't really believe." Like she was saying, uh, Karen was saying that um, I guess re uh, religion or what we have the evidence is for god is something that is evidence-based right they believe in sometimes they'll they'll uh how would you say it? brush it off as a the supernatural as a fairy tale right or or all kinds of things and then i believe there's also some that like you said uh uh, uh mitch believe it strongly uh so much so that i think sometimes it comes off as an arrogance even i, I actually found this quote uh by henry de saint Simon. I don't even know if any of you guys know who he is. I found this quote. It's interesting. It says, a scientist, my dear friends, is a man who foresees. It is because science provides the means to predict that it is useful and the scientists are superior to all other men. So I believe wow. that while there are some that may dismiss it, um, just on the fact that culture has uh, 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 brought up this uh, idea that now science is alive and religion is dead right while some might dismiss it because everyone else is believing this right because this is what uh, uh our education is pushing down uh, uh right uh i do believe that there are some who are in the scientific lane that uh are a little bit more arrogant about their position and and i think sometimes see it from that perspective hmm. yeah Mara, what's what you? i've uh i've seen both on on where like from the from the educational side you know from a non sda uh school right non-christian school um and then also in, in in being in an adventist school when someone says that they only believe in science is that they only believe that which can be proven mm, okay. you know because they associate science with proving it proof and faith with it's almost an abstract, no proof, you know, uh, there's no tangible evidence, you know, um, obviously as Christians, we, we don't believe that, but when someone uses that, uh, statement as their defense, what they're basically saying is like, look, my rational mind is only going to go towards what is rational science, you know, and what is not rational, I'm going to toss it out. And many people, uh, on the issues of faith, they Put that into the classification of non-rational you know no evidence mm -hmm. not scientific it can't be proven and if it can't be proven i'm not going to believe in it and that's where I, at least I, i've come to understand that's where when someone responds to i only believe in science i don't believe in faith i don't believe in that in that uh fairy tale i don't believe in 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 you know the 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 big the, the man flying, in the sky. The, yeah. the flying spaghetti monster. The flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. To quote Richard Dawkins. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's 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 where where I guess they're trying to make the distinction from. You know what? I look, let me say, I don't know if everybody if everybody knows exactly what they're saying when they say I only believe in science. But like I I think in part they say it and it's because it's a repeatable phrase that they think represents their point of view. But you know, the more you think about it, if you to say you only believe in science, I think ultimately says that you are ascribing to a certain worldview, right? Whether yeah. it's a, a a naturalist worldview, a materialistic worldview, 
um, it, something that completely rejects the supernatural. And yet I have a feeling that some people simply say the phrase because it's something that they've heard in pop culture and they think it's it's like, as Karen, as you were saying, right? It's like derogatory towards religion or faith or anybody who believes. And so the idea is, look, I'm going to say this to push you off or to say, look, I, I believe in something rational as opposed to what you believe, if I could put it that way. But I think I think this leads to probably the number one question, right, is whether or not that's true. But more importantly, why is it that people believe that science and faith are not compatible, as Karen had mentioned originally? like like, uh, And this is a question I got on the screen there. Why do people believe that science and faith just simply cannot mix? And I'm not saying if that's true or not. I just kind of I want to hear what you guys think as to why people believe that they don't mix. Mm. Yeah. Um, um. Oh, and, and, and for the record, again, we want to welcome everybody that's joining us. Karen, feel free to interrupt any of us here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do not take it personal at the same time though. If we interrupt you don't take it personal either, but, but the, po <laughs> the point is, the point is feel free, right? Interrupt whatever you need to say at any moment, feel free to do so. We just let the conversation flow. But uh, but again, that's the question, right? Why do people believe that science and faith are not compatible? And if you disagree, we welcome that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I well, oh, OK, so sure. if I I'll get... mention I'm just playing catch up with the sound. But sorry, um, if, if, if yeah, I, I'm playing no, no, catch up you're, with you're the good, sound. Sorry, good, guys. Karen. But yeah, go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. No worries. Yeah. If if I can, if I can, uh, at least. Uh, uh, I think I think when people when people say that right that uh, science and faith are not compatible is because um, we as Christians have done a poor job um, in trying to build a bridge between the two. Mm. You know, so for example, when someone uses the, the thing, well, I only believe in science, right? They use that as a guard. Christians, when they do that, it's almost like a er, like they stop automatically. We don't know what to respond. We don't know what to say next. And then when we do begin to speak. Oh man, we we do a horrible, horrible job. Not only are we not good in our theology, we're not good in our defense in science either, in trying to bridge bridge the gap. So mm -hmm. I think uh, I think the fact that that uh, um, people believe that is part partially, honestly, our our our, our fault. Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention a couple of things before we. I want to piggyback off of that, oh. um, Martin, real quick, okay. and what. Um, Oh, sorry. Again, I'm no, playing no, catch up. No, no, no. Really sorry. No, yeah. Karen, yeah, go ahead. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, um, we know sorry. that you're, we, yeah, we know that you're playing catch up. So if you start speaking, we'll just all kind of just, you know, just, just stay stop. quiet and, and let you go. So yeah, sorry, feel free. Guys. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So based off of what Mitch was saying that people don't understand what they're saying, really, when they say that they believe in science, they just say it you know, to push off religion. Um, I think that's, I think that may be the case for a lot of people, um, unless you're speaking to maybe a chemist or uh, somebody who's, you know, a biologist or something like that. But I think the, the most uh, important thing that people think of when they think of faith and science not being compatible is just the, the fact that the way science and faith uh, look to view the world or explain the world is completely opposed. So in that sense, I maybe would agree that, you know, science seeks to find explanation and to find proof and seeks to find exact, almost tangible proof. Whereas faith, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, I hope um, we're not necessarily in this journey to find 
exact proof. We, you know, like that's not what our faith is based on. It's based on faith. So I think that's one thing that people do bring up um, a lot of the times, but in the sense, in the broader sense where science is the way to nature, God is the author of science and he reveals himself through nature. So I think there's just, it, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention something just even before we start even going into this, because I think it's important to define science or what exactly we're talking about when we talk about science, because now in today's culture, you know, you have definitions from, you know, back in the day, you have new definitions, you have things like scientism, you know, so I wanted to just lay out a couple of different ideas that we have about science and so that we can kind of get something a little bit more concrete. Um, there was actually... Um, a principle called the Noma principle uh, that was established by uh, Stephen J. Gold, which actually called the non-overlapping magisteria, which says that science covers the empirical universe while religion covers questions of moral meaning and ethical value. So from his standpoint, science covered only the empirical universe or the, the, the things about the universe and uh, the, uh, a religion only covered things about moral and uh, morals and ethic values so that they didn't cross right mm. so that was one idea of how they viewed science uh, another way we can think about science is uh, now you have science which is uh, split up into two right you see science as a process which is what uh, karen was talking about and then you see science as an origin right and you have to separate the two i think because then you start to if you that's why i think it's important for us to go over uh, some of the definitions one that I have here for science is the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Right. The repeat, the repeatability, sorry, repeatability of something. Right. The process. Right. And then we have science as an origin. Right. Uh, uh, obviously, like evolution. Right. The process by which different kinds of living organisms are thought to have developed and diversified from earlier forms during the history of Earth, right? So this is something that's historical science. I think it's also called natural sciences, something that we can't observe in the past, right? Something that we, uh, I guess, based off the processes that we have today, right? And the repeat repeatability that we have today, and we, I guess, uh, apply to that that happened in the past, right? And then uh, another idea is also scientism. Right. Which is something that says that can explain everything. Right. Something that I believe Richard Dawkins uh, ascribes to. It says the philosophy that science is the only source of human knowledge is the only source of human knowledge. So just like you were saying, Mitch, earlier. So the idea that science is the only way to acquire truth. And I think that's a problem. But I'll let uh, you guys well, uh, kind well, of look, chime let in a little bit. Let me let me say this. If we're going to take. Every definition of science, right? We we can't. First of all, we we couldn't be. We would not be able to cover everything that's that's that uh, that it covers or that it, uh, uh, yeah, that it covers. But I do think that when we generally think about science, we're talking about the empirical. We're talking about the the you know whatever you can prove in a lab or is repeatable or it has that tangible evidence, right? Uh, we're we're essentially talking about only one branch of science for that matter. Because if we really go back in history exactly. and we understand the word science, the word science essentially just means knowledge. That's it, sure. right? And so there are many different different types of ways of obtaining knowledge. This is only one. I would say 
it, it kind of kind of bringing what you're saying, Andrew, to this question of why people end up uh, saying they're not compatible is because of the way that we define it. In fact, mm -hmm. if we end up saying that science is solely what you can prove in a lab, what is repeatable, what is uh, what can be replicated, right? Uh, what can be shown quantifiably, whatever you can prove mathematically, I think you run into a problem. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is that you can't explain everything that there is out there via science. It's not yeah. possible. There are many things that uh, love, for example, we know that it's real. There is no way to replicate love in a lab. There's no way to show tangible proof for love, but it exists. Now, I don't want to get into these, these cheesy cliches when it comes to, uh, uh, to like this conversation of science. But I also think that a lot of people end up believing this, first of all, because the more you go to college, the more they're going to tell you this, by the way. I went to a secular college and I was told that. I was told that science and faith do not mix. Like they're just, they cannot, okay? They are at their enemies. They're at war. The, the second thing is that um, because it's something that has to be replicated, scientifically speaking, using those definitions, well, we talk about in faith of the supernatural of the world that transcends the natural. You'll never be able to prove it. And so at that point you run into that problem as well, right? Uh, if you cannot replicate it, you, you cannot believe in it. And faith requires you to believe in certain things that you cannot replicate. But I also think there's a religious portion of this. Um, and I think that um, when you get, I, and I, I'm going to do this with all due respect and feel free to just destroy me if you need to on this. Okay. But when you get, when you get the religious crazies, if you know what I mean, and I feel like I can talk about that because I am a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, I'm talking about those people who take things to a level. Okay. That neither scripture nor Jesus would ever support, but to the point where they won't even believe in anything scientific whatsoever. That hurts the gospel. That hurts the message. That hurts the, the 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 faith aspect of Christianity. Because in reality, they're not opposed, as we're going to get into in a second, right? But mm -hmm. I think people, they, they uh, you know, we live in a in a world where it's just like 15 seconds at a time, and what's popular is the meme of the crazy, not of the of the person who's rational, right? But of the of the one that's just going to shock us. I don't know what you guys think about that. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because. Uh, like, like well, we mentioned, I think, I think we want it to fall on either one of the extremes. So it's either all 100% faith or 100% science. And when you talk to a person that, that wants to believe in both, they don't want to fall on one or the other, you know? And when you talk to someone that, for example, you as a Christian want to talk to someone that only believes in science, you want them to fall on your side of the camp. You know, um, and we need, like I said, uh, we need to be very careful when we try to make people um, fall on either one, because I think that there is room to believe in both, to have your belief in, in Christ and, and and God and the Bible and the fact that the universe was created by by this majestic being, and also be a scientist. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned Richard. You know, uh, um, Richard Dawkins. You know, there are a lot of famous atheists right famous atheist scientists right um like one of them which i thought i was like wait i i thought this man was a christian and then later on i would see quotes of his name as an atheist was uh, um isaac newton you know um but then i found a lot of quotes where he mentions god one of them specifically where he talks about for example the the universe itself it says 
This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets can only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. This being governs all things, not as the soul of the world, um, but as Lord over all. And an account of his dominion, he won't, uh, he is, he is won't to be called Lord God or universe, universal ruler. And this is a man, uh, this is from his book called uh, Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy. You know, this is a man that many scientists, they revere. But here we see him give place to God, even in the middle of science. Martin, Martin, let me let me just interrupt you real quick there. I don't know if people know this, but but this is again goes back to the problem. We've been fed a narrative, and that mm -hmm. narrative is not true. It's wrong. It turns yeah. out Isaac Newton, specifically Isaac Newton, who we would say is the father of modern day physics. Can we at least say that, right? Or at least at least the principles that have allowed us to be able to study physics. Isaac Newton actually wrote more on theology than on science. But you are not told that part of the story. That part doesn't exist right. in your textbook. You know what exists in your textbook? In your textbook, you'll find that the church tried to repress what he was discovering or what he was postulating. But it does not tell you that he was actually a very devout man, that he was actually a man that believed in God and ended up writing more on theology than on science. So I, I think there's a problem there as well, that the narrative is, is being told one way you know, and, and we're not getting the full story as generally happens, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, now I just want to make sure that we recognize some of the comments and, and, uh, and Karen, we're coming to you right next. So just in case, you know, I know the sound is, you got to catch up to the sound, but here we go. Okay. But, um, I just want to make sure, uh, Michelle Elliott says people believe that science depends on science for evidence solely faith has their belief rooted firmly in God and nothing else. It is tough for those two to meet even close to the middle. Right. And, and I think there's some validity there. Um, David has an interesting comment here as well. This idea of why people believe that they're not compatible. He says that it's more of a rejection uh, of science, isn't it? So I, I think what he's trying to say is that that is actually coming more from the religious camp as opposed from the scientific one. And they're just saying they don't match. What do you guys think about that? Karen, what, what do you think about that? Um, I think based on what Martin was saying earlier, um, it's. It's easy to say that we need to be open to the possibility of science being able to relate to our faith. And I mean, I won't call them uh, religious crazies, but um, perhaps the more. Rich did. I did. I'm, did. Sorry. did. I'm sorry. You know what? Let's go with the religious crazies. <laughs> you know what I'm talking you know? about. You know what I'm talking about. We know, exactly. And you know and what? We, we want those call... religious crazies to be yes, safe too. Yes. Amen. Exactly. Amen. We're talking to those religious minds, religious, um, very conservative, very, I would almost say there are some people who can be a little bit close-minded when it comes to talking about science. And mm. I think just like it comes, um, like just like when saying, I believe in science comes from a place of rejection of faith, sometimes when we reject science, um, like like Mitch said, it definitely hurts the gospel. And if we're going to dig into history, we're, we can talk about the French Revolution for hours. We can talk about, and if you haven't read about it, chapter three, great controversy. We can talk about the damage the church made in, in the mark of history sure. by rejecting science and how atheism came about from the church rejecting all science. And yeah. not just, we're not talking about just evolution. We're talking about um, physiology and we're talking about the, bo the human body. And so I think... It takes a lot of work 
but it takes a humble approach and a deconstruction of what you already know when studying this. And I, and I believe this is why we're having this conversation so that we can come humbly to the table, discuss our beliefs in a safe place where we can say, you know what, maybe what I thought is not exactly right, or maybe I have room to think other things as well. And sure. it, it, yeah. it's a journey. I wanna say it's a journey of deconstruction and not necessarily bashing everything that you previously believe in, but allowing room for mm, new growth, I guess you can say. But but you know, yeah. but you know what? But sorry, real quick, Andrew, but you know what, Karen, that goes for both sides. I'm not even sure if you're speaking to both yeah. sides. I think you yeah. are. But just in case, if it's not clear, that's not just for the person who's religious. It's also for the person who's scientific because statistics Absolutely. show that the higher in, in educational level that you go, the more you're going to reject God. Right. And I think it's because we end up closing ourselves as well to the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I agree. It goes to every side. Sorry, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah, no. And just to add uh, piggyback back off of, uh, Karen's idea. Uh, I think the the whole deconstruction, I think it's something we all need to look at ourselves and do because we all have biases and we have to realize that no matter where we come, where we're at, you know, the culture, wherever, however we were, however we grew up, we have a certain type of bias, whether it was in religion or, or science, an atheistic home, whatever it may be, there's a certain bias. In order to be open to both science and faith, we have to really look at that at its uh, most basic foundation. But I think also going back to the, the whole idea of rejecting science and or faith, Right. I think is that sometimes we believe that they clash. Right. And I think uh, I was listening to a debate with uh, John Lennox and um, uh, uh, it was not the one with Dawkins, but he makes an illustration of boiling water. I don't know if you guys have heard this one. Right. Where religion and science, they they do answer the same question, but from different perspectives in the sense that when you talk about boiling water, you can use all the scientific jargon that you want to break down how bo boiling water works, right? You know, and you can do that by the process, but then you can also go go and say, you know what, I'm boiling water because I want to make some tea. Now, does that mean that they both contradict the both both the boiling water, the process, and the fact that there's boiling water being made for the fact of making tea or whatever whatever it may be? They're not necessarily contradicting statements; just they're just two. Uh, uh, different ways of looking at uh, the, the, the question of science. For example, uh, Galileo uh, actually has a, a quote that says, the Bible shows the way, the way to go to heaven, not the way the heavens go. Right. Mm -hmm. We see that in that parallel. Right. Um, uh, Ellen White actually has this quote from in education where she says, um, since the book of nature and the book of revelation bear the impress of the same mastermind, they cannot but speak in harmony by different methods and in different languages. They witness to the same great truths. Science is ever discovering new wonders, but she brings from her research nothing that rightly understood conflicts with the divine revelation. The book of nature and the written word shed light upon each other. They make us acquainted with God by teaching us something of the laws through which he works. And I think when we look at that quote, we don't see something that's conflicting, even though you know, when we have our bias either to science or faith, you know, uh, in its most basic form, sometimes we do feel like there are some uh, contradicting things. Well, well, look, let, let's let's get to this point, because I think that, um, you know, we're, we're talking about these contradictions that sometimes pop up. But I, I think we got to be honest with everybody that's watching or anybody that will watch later on. Right. And it's this question of whether or not the church has made mistakes along the way. Right. With with 
with scientific exploration, with scientific development. Um, and, and I, and I want to ask this question, right? I, Karen, you had mentioned this as well. Has the church, and I think these are two questions really, has the church repressed scientific facts? Has the Bible repressed scientific facts? Or does the Bible tell you to repress scientific facts? Let's start with the church side of it. Does it, has the church repressed scientific facts in the past? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go, um, just talking a little bit about, I mentioned the French Revolution and everything that happened in that era. If you guys have not, I mean, if you've ever heard of the dark era, um, it was a period of the Catholic Church, not anything, but this is just history. Um, when the, during Papal Inquisition and where the, the Roman Catholic Church was literally people that the physical body was of no importance because it was your soul that would go to heaven. And they were doing certain things like selling uh, pardons and um, I forget what they're called, where they would allow them to join the army of the Pope so that they would fight the Pope's battles and further the message of the Roman Catholic Church in order to be pardoned for any sin that you've ever committed, any sin that you will ever commit and for um, eternal salvation, basically. And all this stuff, um, that the church was doing to put emphasis on the eternal soul rather than the physical body was pushing down any new scientific discovery that could be beneficial to the human body in regards to anatomy and physiology. And so when the French Revolution happened, it was people who said, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. We don't want any of that. We and, and it was up to the point where they burned Bibles. They uh, banned any type of worship. They, you know, like they completely banned the law of God in an entire country because a church was pressing down on any scientific um, discovery that might be beneficial to the human mm. body. Mm. And I mean, I'm not saying that we're doing that now, but if we're not learning from history and if we in our personal walk are saying, I believe in faith and um, I'm just going to ignore science, I, I think it's we're repeating it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Let me let me add on to that because I think that there's um we have to recognize that the great sin of the church, especially in the Middle Ages, especially in 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 you know in the, in that period of what the fourth century uh, all the way up until the the eighteenth century, somewhere around there, the great sin was imperial Christianity. It was it was this uh, obsession with authority, right, and making sure that everybody was in line to whatever the theologians or whatever the priest or whatever the the bishops, et cetera, et cetera, were were teaching. I also think that theological errors were made. Karen, you just mentioned right now this idea of of focusing on the eternal soul as opposed to the immortal body, as opposed to the physical body, which. We spoke about, in our last conversation, about the immortality of the soul or the non-immortality of the soul. Well, the problem was that Greek philosophy that was not biblical crept into the church and these ideas started taking traction. They thought it was a good idea to bring it in and eventually it took control of the theology. The problem with that is that in the process of making sure that everybody is in line, you end up suppressing. And instead of saying, look, this has been discovered what does that tell us about God? The question was, no, we are representatives of God and we allow what's going to be discovered and what's not. We, and I'm going to say this very clearly, Seventh-day Adventism in particular condemns imperial Christianity, says that that is Babylon. That's equated to Babylon. That is what God says should not exist among us. 
On the contrary, we have to humbly approach the world that we live in and allow even that world to tell us a little bit more about God. But it's not the other way around. We don't go around dictating to other people what they should or should not believe. That's a mistake. And I think the church got into that. And and as you had mentioned, things happen where we now look at it, by the way, for those of you who don't know uh, or didn't, didn't hear the news recently, just a few years ago, Catholic Church says, we're sorry for all that, by the way. We apologize. We made mistakes. A, a little late now because uh, that just gave you know enough enough fuel for all the things that we're dealing with right now. And those are the major arguments that people use now to oppose uh, religion, organized religion, oppose Christianity, oppose uh, a, a, um, even someone to call themselves Christian at the same time be educated. You know, it's because of, of the mistakes of the past, because of this uh, um, suppression of each person, of each person making up their mind of exploring, exploring uh, on their own, their faith and also their, their, their academic mind, right? Their, their, the, the science, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like the church at some point in the past, and we can even see it even, I don't know about you guys, I, I saw it sometimes even with some of the youth at, at, at my church when they had legitimate questions on science and they brought it to the Sabbath school, they brought it to the church mm -hmm. leaders. It was almost like, no, you can't ask that. No, that's not allowed here to ask here. And that more times than not drew young people away and drew them and pushed them into the hands, I mean, into the arms of science. And and it's, it's not a bad thing, but the majority that left did not come back. But I, well, yeah. uh, Martin, I, I just, sorry, Andrew, I would say that is a bad thing. I, I mean, like, like the, like the fact that we say, no, you don't bring that, that question in. I, I think that's horrible. And that's irresponsible of church yeah. leaders for the record. Uh, yeah. We cannot allow that. We have to engage the questions. And if we don't know, we don't know, but we got to engage them at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's one of those topics that almost seems taboo. Right. When yeah. you think about the different topics in churches, uh, you know, homosexuality, science, pornography, these. Oh, you brought that up like, oh, we need to put, put you to the side and have a conversation with you alone and, and never be brought up again. You know, these are some of the topics that now we're seeing in the church because of so much time. Uh, you know, I, I knew growing up in the, in, the, well, in the last 10 years that I from my own experience, I can see that in those 10 years, from the church not taking a stance on some of these uh, different points is why we're losing all these young people at this time. Because yeah. we're living in a generation where it's no longer, oh, why do you believe that? The Bible says so. Well, that might have worked like 20, 30 years ago. But now we're, we're, we're in an era where they say, well, why do you believe the Bible? What proof is there for the Bible? Now we're, we're, we're coming to this. Uh, uh, even the, the, the Bible itself says that, uh, that there will be a time where our knowledge will increase. We're, we're, we're at a at a point and a time and place where the young people are now starting to ask questions about questions that we had before. And this is, I think, one of the things that I think has hurt the church, you know, uh, and to the to the point that I wanted to another point that I wanted to make, um, going back to uh, Dawkins, his idea of um, you know, scientism, the idea, uh, the idea that science and religion do overlap. Right. And I think for a long time, the church has has taken that almost as if they don't overlap you keep your science i'll keep my religion and we'll stay we'll stay afloat that way but now we're seeing you know things like the resurrection you know different things that are are in history and if 
are should be his historically uh, reliable as as far as the evidences for our Christian faith, right? Which leads us intellectually, right, and also with the Bible and Scripture together to to get a fuller understanding, right? And just like uh, uh, Ellen White was saying, you know, they don't really uh, uh, contradict each other. It it just actually opens a bigger picture. If yeah. anything, what is it? Uh, Albert Einstein, who says, the more I study science, the more I believe in God. Hmm. Yeah. There yeah, was for a, sure. Was a... go, go ahead, Martin. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just wanted to share something, a quote, just to kind of piggyback on, on what Andrew just wrote. This is a guy that is, uh, um, I guess he's credited as a formulator for the first and the second laws of thermodynamics. Sir William Thompson uh, and Lord or Lord Kelvin. Uh, it says, Lord do Kelvin. not be afraid. Do not be afraid of being free thinkers. If you think strongly enough, you will be forced by science to believe to the belief in God, which is the foundation of our religion. You will find science not antagonistic, but helpful to religion. And that's from, you know, that, that, and we begin to see that. I think when, when you allow people to look at the evidence on both sides and for them to come to the conclusions on their own, many will, will see that science and religion or science and faith have its place, have each each its place, you know, which yeah. which as a church in the past, it, it maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe people were trying to do with, with what information they had at the time, you know, but now we can see, we can, we can begin to have more of those conversations, answer more of those questions that will prevent future uh, generations from yeah. being antagonistic to both religion or faith and science. Let me now, now, Karen. Let me go back to you real quick on this because the other part of the question is whether or not the Bible is is not that it's repressive of facts, but does the Bible encourage us to repress or push back on science? And 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 I want to hear what, what what you guys think about this. I have really strong opinions on this, but what, what do you think, Karen, uh, uh, about scripture? By the way, before you even uh, answer that, this is this is what um, uh, Matthew Reyes had said that the church most definitely has. We know that that's historical. That is true, right? Mm -hmm. But he says, has the Bible done it? I don't think it does. However, the Bible does warn against leaning solely on one's understanding. So, uh, Karen, what do, you, what do you think? Where does the Bible sit in this conversation of faith and science? Um, Hosea comes to mind. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Um, that's that's one thing that definitely comes to mind when, when talking about this. And I think even Ellen G. White... Um, talks about a lot of these uh, philosophies or science or um, health, for example, uh, talks about it imperative that you understand science that so you know how to honor God or glorify God with your body properly. Um, that's just one aspect of, of science. And I think um, when we use the Bible to reject scientific proof, be um, use the Bible incorrectly as we many times do and we need to step back and really examine what the Bible is saying and what it's pertaining to and what time it was it was written what it meant to say in that time and not just use it as we please and essentially use it out of context to bash um, science because like Mitch said from the beginning it's just hurting the gospel when we do that yeah, look, let me, let me, Andrew, let me, let me share this real quick. Cause I, first of all, I, and again, feel free to disagree with me, but uh, I, I don't, well, the Bible is not a scientific book. I don't even believe that it is. I'm saying it is not. 
The Bible is not a science textbook. It's not. All right. We all know what science textbooks are. That's not what the Bible is. If anything, right, I would argue that the Bible is a historical account. It is a philosophical view of the world. Uh, it is a wisdom book, right? And we also believe that it is divine revelation, but it is not a scientific, it is not concerned about science. And let me give you my proof on this. The Bible begins with a statement of faith. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's no evidence for it. There's no proof for it. It simply states that is fact. And you have to believe this by faith, right? And in the process, notice what happens, right? The Bible says, okay, fine. So you have to believe in God. You may not have proof. You don't even have proof of your origins. The Bible just simply says that God created you and we came to exist, right? So you weren't there when you created yourself, not observable. So quote unquote, it's not, you know, scientific per our definitions today. But this is where things get interesting. Then you get to Psalms. And in Psalms chapter 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm. Right? And, and what? And it says, and the firmament shows his handiwork. You know what that tells me? It's like God says, look, I'm here, whether you believe it or not. Believe in me by faith. But look, that's my work out there. Go look at it. Go observe at it. So, in fact, the Bible doesn't tell you not to go scientific. The Bible just simply kind of says, look. Put science in its place. It's still beneath God. Mm -hmm. it's, it's still under God, right? And so not a scientific textbook, but it also doesn't tell you, don't go and study nature. Go for it. Go look at it and find out God's fingerprints all over that. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention something to that. I, I agree, you know, that I think they're, like I said earlier, I think they're explaining two different things. But at the same time, I think that both science and scripture use similar methodologies to come up with their conclusions as far as evidence, right? I don't think that we use proofs. You know, uh, we everyone uses evidence. It's impossible to prove, you know, even though uh, nine, uh, 10 times out of 10, if you fall off from a building, you say that there's proof that that person is going to hit the building. One, one, uh, one out of those 10 times, something could happen where something gets in the way and then that person doesn't die. You cannot prove that, you know, there's evidence that that person will most likely die if he falls from a, you know, five foot building, but there's no, you know, uh, empirical proof. So we work off evidences. And what I want to, uh, I guess, uh, bring this all together is that when we think about the Bible and how it was brought together, I think that it is based off the same methodology that science uses, which is evidence. If we look at the book of Luke, what does Luke say in his very first statement of his book in Luke one, one through four it says, uh, uh, to as many have that have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of the things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to them, them to us. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all these things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Luke was grabbing evidences of the eyewitnesses that were there. To build a strong case for the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. You know, in Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, it says, Now faith is the sub substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders ob obtained a good testimony. So faith is both hope and evidence. It's not blind, blind hope. There's evidences, right? When we uh, think about um, uh, uh, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 13, talking about the resurrection, it says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. 
And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are off we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we are testify we testified about God that he uh, raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him in fact in fact if the dead are not raised. So Paul is making a claim to the historical evidence that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. He says your faith is is ultimately meaningless if you don't have the evidence backed with also the experience that that that, that God brings. And Andrew, Andrew, let me let me comment on that real quick. Um, I think what you just said right now is proof, and I think most Christians would agree, is proof that that Christians and faith in Jesus is not anti-evidence. Because, because the look, the reason why we believe in Christ is because he resurrected from the dead. That's literally what Paul says, right? By the way, this is the gospel. Jesus died. He resurrected on the third day. He ascended up to heaven and he was seen by so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and 500 other people, so-and-so. And, and then, you know, eventually I saw him, the least of all, he says, right? What is he trying to say? He's saying, look, the evidence is there. Go and find out. Now, we weren't there, obviously, but we're also talking about historical knowledge, which I think is a little different than scientific knowledge. But, uh, but, uh, but I think that nowhere in Scripture are we against finding evidence, collecting evidence, uh, trying to obtain evidence. I don't think, real, I don't think real, we're against Real that. quick, just, just after that. And my point is to say is that people think as if proof is the only thing that we need. You were saying this earlier, Mitch, right, about our, our spouses or our loved ones, right? Oh, I'm not going to marry my wife unless I know for a fact I have proof that she loves me. You do, you do not live your life. You do not live your life like that. You don't yeah. go based off only proof. You have evidences. What evidence? I have evidences that my wife loves me, and you know, and that's why I married her. Not because I had proof. So let's not make it as if proof is the only standard. We work off evidences. That's our experience. That's what. That's reality. You know what? What comes to mind? And this I read in uh, the book uh, Steps of Christ in the chapter that's called um, "What to Do with Doubt." And because um, mm -hmm. a lot of Christians, not just on the religious end, but also on, even on the scientific end. Those who will consider themselves both Christian and a scientist, right, or or someone that's scientific, we haven't done not even a, a decent job in what to do with our doubt, you know. Um, and it's a very interesting quote. I I, I had it here for such an occasion as this that says, "God course, never asked us to believe without sufficient evidence upon which to base our faith. His existence, mm -hmm. his character, the truthfulness of his word are all established by testimony that appeals to our reason." And this testimony is abundant. Yet God has never removed the possibility of doubt. Our faith must rest upon evidence, not demonstration. Those who wish to doubt will have opportunity, while those who really desire to know the truth will find plenty of evidence on which to rest their faith in. So I, I added a question uh, in addition to that. It's like, all right, as Christians, as, as people that, that want to be both um, I don't know if you are, or for those of us who are who, who are listening, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they want to be both faith-based and also science-based, you got to ask yourself, okay, so what do you do when your faith and your scientific reason, right, or scientific mind end up on opposite sides? That's a good question. You know, because that can either make or break your faith. If you want to believe in a creator, if you want to believe in in a God that exists. And I was reading, you know, I found several um, 
of these scientific pioneers in their respective uh, areas, right? One of them said something that I think is very, very interesting. He is the pioneer of electronic motors, right? His name is Michael Faraday. It says the book of nature, which we have to read is written by the finger of God. Now, if this is a person that again, these brilliant minds, they see, you You mentioned it, Mitch, um, with, with the fact that nature itself, the Bible tells us that, you know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God, right? If nature itself speaks to us about who God is, you know, I think we, you know, I think we should be happy with the evidence that's around us, but there comes something else there. We do not want the evidence that God places before us. We want a specific type of answer, a specific type okay. of evidence, and yeah. we that that can place us in a really, really bad spot because when we don't receive that answer, we don't we, mm -hmm. we don't see or we can't find or we can't replicate that 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 uh, that evidence. We begin to question, and that leads to more questions, more doubt that tends to push us away from from our faith. Uh, can I? Uh, go, uh, Andrew. I, I kind of I want to recognize some of these comments, but go ahead. I don't want to cut your inspiration, brother. You no, look no, like you're no. super inspired right no, now. No, go, go, go for it. Go for it. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I just I just want to recognize some of the comments. I'm always inspired. Gotten... If you guys yeah. haven't noticed, you guys need to keep me quiet. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Um, and, and feel free to comment on any of these. But uh, Michelle mentioned this. She said, "My 19-year-old daughter questions just like that, Andrew. So the questions that you were talking about, you know, that come to the church and we say are taboo." Uh, but she's raised in the church, knows the belief, but she has a million questions and wants proof, but she believes they overlap. And I think there are a lot of young people like that. They yeah. got the questions. Go ahead. If you guys got a comment on that, feel free. Yeah. Real, real quick, because it, it goes to both what Martin said and you and you said, right? The, the, the danger that you said, Martin, about that proof that we want for God, if that certain standard of proof is not or evidence is not met for God, you know, we're not going to believe. And what I would say to those people is to ask yourself, okay, if you have a certain uh, 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 standard of evidence that you want to meet to, for, for you to believe in God and you don't believe in him, then okay. But if you don't believe in God, then what is it that you do believe in that does meet that standard? And ask yourself that question. And what is it that you're living for that meets that standard? Mm -hmm. And that's a question that you have to ask yourself and you have to live with. So you're, you're holding God to such a high standard, right? And how does what you're living for hold up to that same standard. Hey, but you know what? Look, hold up God to all the high standards that you want. I got no problem with that. Isn't it? Isn't the problem, if I'm going to be more specific to what you're saying, isn't the problem that we are putting God up to our standards? So in, in other words, that we're trying to fit God into a box. In a box, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, if he doesn't fit within that box, oh no, this it, it just can't work, right? So here, let me throw something at you guys for a second to, to the very thing that you're saying, Andrew Martin, right? And we've been talking about here. Uh, as at, in Seventh-day Adventist theology traditionally, and I'm sure you guys have come across this, Ellen White has some interesting quotes about the age of the earth, about 6,000 years, right? And then all of a sudden, somewhere else in the scientific world, someone is going to say, no, the world has existed for millions of years. This is the dilemma that you're putting, Martin, Right? We think, oh, 6,000 years, and I know I'm touching like a Pandora's box here, all right? And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm literally not trying to just, just, just blow things up. But I'm, I'm just getting, I'm just getting ready for, yeah, for here we go, here we go. go. Okay. Down, let's go. No, no, no. Karen but, wants it. Karen wants that question. But, but, <laughs> Karen, yeah, you're on this one. Look, so, no, but my thing is, okay, so we got, we got these two ideas that are out there. Now, 
this in fact i'm going to bring up the comment because i think it was it was uh matthew Ray's. he was responding to something that i said notice what he says he says he says pastor mitch since we weren't there we don't know the mechanisms that god used to create the universe we agree with that but look what he says i don't think we can discount theories of how things came to be and and i i think that's a fascinating comment right because the the question is well do i just say nope has to be six thousand years nothing else or can we say, look, at, up to this point, this is what we believe, but there's room to grow. We can still try to figure this out, or maybe we just don't know yet. It has not been revealed to us. What, what do you guys say when you find yourself on that on that dilemma, Karen? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quiet enough. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, oof, that's a that's a rough one, but, and I'm gonna speak from my own personal faith journey. And where I stand on my approaching the table and approaching the topic, and not just the topic of science, but whatever topic may come about, and say that I have room in my faith box for the unknown or for what might feel like the unknown. Because the Bible doesn't tell me, and I want to go back to what Mitch said, where it says God created the heavens of the earth, it doesn't tell you how He did it. It doesn't tell you the specifics of exactly how it came to be. So I can't pretend to have that information. And I can't pretend to know exactly when, how, and in what manner it all happened. However, there is a piece of Ellen White, and I would like to guys' opinion on it. And she says, unless the knowledge of science is a stepping stone to the attainment of the highest purposes, and when we're talking about highest purposes is our purpose as human beings is to glorify God and mm -hmm. you know our purpose as created beings. She says, stepping stone to the attainment of the highest purposes, it is worthless. The education that does not furnish knowledge as enduring as enduring as eternity is of no purpose. So what do you guys think about that in, in regards to what we're talking about? Because she's basically saying if the science that you're learning is not propelling you to eternity, it is not elevating you to your full purpose to glorify God, it is worthless. So I'm not saying that this is law, but I'm, I'm saying like, what do you guys think about this? Oh, all right. Let me, let me, yeah, let me, let me jump in this real quick. Okay. I, Cause I, I, I wanted to share this with everybody that's watching right now. Um, there are some names that have been thrown out, but some big names in science, right? Isaac Newton. I got him. I, I wrote him down here. Laws of physics, Michael Faraday, electromagnetism. Uh, uh, Martin already mentioned that James clerk, Mark Maxwell. Uh, electricity, magnetism, and light. Lord Kelvin, all right? Kelvin, way of measuring temperature. You guys know about this. Uh, Gregor Mendel, founding father of genetics. Those are all big names in science. All of them believed in God, okay? All of them believed in God. And all of them in somehow, some way, end up seeing these scientific discoveries as leading them to God, going to what you're saying, Karen. Now notice this. Now I'm gonna bring up some, some, some modern day names. Francis Collins, Director of the National Health Institute, uh, sorry, the National Institute of Health out in uh, uh, in, in um, uh, UK, former director of the Human Genome Project. Uh, Ian Hutchison, professor of MIT, professor of nuclear science at MIT. Jonathan Fang, physics and astronomy. Uh, R. Louis, uh, theoretical physics at Oxford. Rosalind Picard, MIT, effective computing group. Ken Miller, University, Brown University, biology. And, and look, and I'm, I, you may not know these names. I'm just throwing these out, these names, because they're big names today. Troy Van Voorhis, which is an MIT professor of aeronautics and astronautics. Daniel Hastings, in MIT, professor of chemistry. 
uh, Praveen Sethupathy, I think that's his name, uh, uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill Professor of Genetics, Charmaine Royale, University of Duke, Genomic Sciences. All of them are, are Christians. All of them believe in God. Every single one of them. And many of them, many of them have their um, their life story telling you that it was the science that actually told them there's got to be much more than this. By the way, there's a uh, video out there, if you guys find it, of um, uh, what's uh, what's this guy's name that's like really big in astrophysics and space. and Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay? Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he's talking about whether science and religion can mix, you know, and he eventually puts some numbers in there. And he says, you know what? The big problem for atheists is that 7% of elite scientists still pray to a God. He's like, that's the real problem. And I would say, wait a minute, you would have to ask yourself why these elite scientists are still praying to a God. In other words, I, I think that there are people who are looking at the evidence, Karen, and are saying, well, does this show me a creator or does it not? And there are scientists, professors, MIT, which you would say is like the center of mathematics and technology in the entire world, right? These are professors who are teaching there and, th and they will tell you, no, wait a minute. This just has to be too much of a coincidence. It has to show that there's some type of intelligent design. Someone who was designing this, this has to lead you to at least the belief of something supernatural bringing this together. Uh, let me just add this one last thing. Uh, the Big Bang was actually a derogatory term because the, the original idea of the Big Bang came from a religious person. from a Catholic, I think it was from a Catholic priest, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was used as a derogatory term, that idea where, you know, like uh, uh, the woman pops out of a birthday cake. Okay. Like that was the, well, yeah. now that ends up being, you know, because through Albert Einstein and everything that he showed ends up telling us that the universe is expanding, which means that at some point it had yeah, its beginning, right? It had its moment. It had that moment of singularity and all of a sudden things existed. That's not incompatible to Christianity. On the contrary, one would say, wait a minute. So what started that? And philosophically, we would ask, right? Why is there something instead of nothing? And the answer, you have to consider it. Maybe God. So I would say, Karen, look, I agree. I agree with Ellen White. I think, especially if you're a Christian, if you're going to study these sciences, let that lead you to God. Sorry, I said enough already. Go ahead. <laughs> with you, and I definitely think that when we're looking at um, topics of the Big Bang or um, the age of the Earth, if if, if that says straight answers rattles your faith you're looking at it wrong i would mm. go as far as to say that mm -hmm. yeah i think there's uh all kinds of theories like uh mitchell was saying about you know prior to the big bang i believe uh in galileo's time uh, they believed that the the it was eternal right before prior to the big bang and, and so forth as a matter of fact um uh now richard that, Dawkins, that the universe that the universe was eternal universe. yeah yeah, that was, universe. That's correct. yeah 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 no and, and, and now, you know, actually listening to uh, Richard Dawkins kind of ta uh, speak about what he believes uh, uh, aside from the Big Bang, he almost seems like a little bit tentative if you ever heard him speak on what he actually believes aside from the Big Bang, because it's almost like he feels like there's not that much evidence. But because God is the center of the idea of a Big Bang or because that could be a possibility, he throws it to the side. He actually uh, uh, accepts the idea of a multiverse, the yes. idea that there are. Uh, uh, millions and millions of universes where the constants, right, for us human beings to be able to live, right, uh, uh, it just so happened that the the one we live on, right, the, all the constants, the, the oxygen, everything, 
was perfect so that it could sustain uh, 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 that it could uh, uh, obtain life here here on Earth. But there's millions and millions of universes out there that didn't fit that that category, which almost it's interesting to me because he almost says it a very tentative as if to say that, well, that's what kind of what I would rather go with. You know, and I think it, what uh, you and Karen were saying is uh, it hit it right on the nail. You know, uh, when we look at this, right, and we have some of these ideas where we're starting to kind of, you know, uh, scratch our heads. And I think this is uh, uh, one of the things that we have to kind of come up with. We, we don't have all the answers. You know, we're not going to know every single thing. And there are these things. But as long as we have God at, at the center and the focus of this, right, I think we'll be OK. Morin, you're awfully quiet now. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just oh, waiting for my turn, you know, I was waiting for my turn. You know, uh, um, you know what, what I've been trying to, to really uh, cap- capture both everything that you mentioned, everything that Karen and Andrew mentioned, you know, it's, uh, um, it's it reminded me of an experience with uh, one of my uh, uh, trainers when I was uh, studying to be a, a surgical technician. Um, this man started in the medical field uh, with uh, as an atheist. Hmm. Until he saw a woman give birth. He hmm. said that was the moment that changed his life forever for him to believe that there was a God, a creator in the universe because he saw a, a, a being give life. He goes, that is not a product of evolution. That is not a product of, of something that took billions, trillions of years for it to occur. That is something that a God in heaven designed a woman to be able to give birth. And that changed that, that changed. His view from that point on, uh, um, in in everything. So everything that he saw in in his journey as a medical professional, he saw it as additional evidence of God. If us, if, for example, if we were all four scientists and we were all wanting to, if we want to see God in the evidence, we will see it. If we don't want to see it, we won't. You know, I uh, the more the more I, I talk to people who struggle with their faith. It all depends on what's the approach that they're going that, that they're going through in in the science in their field of study, you know. Um, you you mentioned you mentioned something at, at the beginning before everybody said to talk that, um, for example, if the if the faith, uh, wait, I don't know if it was either you or or Andrew that that your faith right your faith has to take you or it doesn't take you. Uh, um, I'm sorry, your your field of subject of study doesn't take you uh, closer to God. You know, you gotta. You got to think twice about that. Right. You know, um, I've learned that from a child that everything that I do should actually be as an evidence for God. But I think because many people now are looking to that field of study as uh, the evidence contrary to God, the evidence is going to be there. We're going to use even even uh, obvious uh, uh, evidence of God's existence. We're going to say, you know, we're going to turn that around and say, well, you know what? That's actually evidence that God doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, you have you have all these all these great minds saying yes. But then you also have the other great other great minds saying right. using saying the, no. that exact same yeah. evidence and saying no. It all falls on what are you really searching for? Are you searching for the evidence of God or are you searching for a excuse to no longer believe in a God? Yeah. When you, uh, what does the Bible say? When you seek me. If you seek me, seek me with all you and you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Right. Mm-hmm. And it kind of uh, uh, just to what you guys were saying, you know, uh, Alfred North Whitehead actually uh, came up with a thesis it's called the Whitehead thesis. Right. Kind of what you guys were uh, saying, where it says that human beings became 
scientific because they expected law and nature and they expected yeah. law and nature because they believed in a lawgiver, right? Mm. Exactly like we were saying, Sir Isaac Newton, right? In the which his quote says, "In the absence of any other proof, the thumb alone would convince me of God's existence." <laughs> Galileo, I give infinite thanks to God who has been pleased to make me the first observer of marvelous things. You know, so it wasn't that this that, that these scientists when, when they all of a sudden you know uh, 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 encounter the law of gravity, all of a sudden they said. Oh, I reject God now. As a, as as opposed to that, it led them towards God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know and 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 in regards to um you know just just kind of the evidence is out there. I think there is a choice at the end of the day that we all have to make, right? Like you you see these things and you have to decide, which is interesting. Um, I'm going to go biblical for a second, right? The people of Israel saw amazing miracles, according to Scripture. They still rejected God. So, mm-hmm. so, and, and you know, and and when Jesus was at, was here on Earth, he says, "Oh, you guys are asking me for miracles. I'm not going to give you any miracles because even after all the miracles that he did, they still nailed him to the cross. They still didn't believe him. Yep. Right. So, you want supernatural evidence that still won't necessarily convince you of God, or will tell you automatically, "Oh, yeah, now I'm going to have a relationship with God." There are people who believe that God exists and simply say, I just don't want to have a relationship with God at all. Um, uh, Karen, I, I wanted to ask you something, because uh, if I heard correctly, Martin, you, you are a registered nurse, right? Uh, you, uh, you, okay, so you are in the medical field. Uh, Martin, obviously, uh, we found out recently, was in the medical field. Like, that was just a re- massive revelation to us. We had no idea, okay? Uh, all, all this time that we've been talking. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but anyways, but I'm, I'm just curious, in the medical field, do do you find do you find people of faith or or do you find people because I feel like in in that field specifically with the stuff that you see day in and day out like it seems like faith would actually fit among the crises of life right and 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 among the healing and all those things what what and and let me just give you a little background here Francis Collins who I had mentioned before a National Institute of Health by the way not London here in the United States. He says that his experience was uh, dealing with somebody who was going through a lot of suffering and pain at a hospital. And that person said, I believe in, in God and this is helping me. What do you believe in? He had no answer to that. And eventually that turned his life around trying to find something. So what do you see in the medical field uh, in, re- in, re- in regards to, to faith? So when approaching situations, Oh, Karen, you know what? We, we're not we're not hearing we're not hearing you this time. This time the the microphone's a little, yeah. See if we try that again. No, we're I, I I'm I'm not hearing her. Are you guys hearing her? No, no. no. Okay, okay. We'll see we'll see if we can figure this out. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and in fact, you know what? Um, I am going to uh, just remove her for a second, and then let me add her to the stream. See if that helps out. Um, we're no it's it no it no, sounds muffled yeah what's going on it was just okay. sounding good a while ago okay good good yeah oh, there we yeah. go okay before no we cannot hear you before no yeah okay. um it is it is good to note that when i approach things i come from a background of faith obviously so when i approach things and when i when i encounter things in the hospital and whatever i may see 
um, I approach it from a faith standpoint that not everyone approaches from. So um, I think it really depends on, like you, we were just talking about, you find what you're looking for. Um, last year, I have seen more than I bargained for. And it has been rough. And talking to coworkers and talking to doctors and talking to different professionals, you can definitely see that you find what you're looking for. If you're an atheist and you're coming into this and you're seeing all of this happen, this kind of just reinforces what you already believe that there is no God or that you're angry mm. and a God mm. that would allow mm. this to happen, which is mostly mm. the case, to be yeah. honest. Because I thrive on conversations when religion comes into the topic and we start talking about it. And I love talking to people of different beliefs. And that's the case most of the time when I'm talking to my coworkers. Um, and I always like to dig into these conversations with atheists or agnostics or um, angry at God. So I'm just going to say that he doesn't exist type of people. Um, but for me, I have seen doctors who, after consultation, I can hear them say, okay, well, I'll be praying for you. And and it's something that just slips out the tongue completely naturally. I'm I'm the type of nurse that I'm comfortable speaking to my patients about faith. I'm comfortable uh, offering prayer. I'm comfortable, um, you know, giving comfort to them or giving them words of hope when they absolutely don't understand what's going on. And to me, seeing all this sickness, seeing all this death, seeing everything that we see on a day-to-day -day basis, it doesn't make me lose hope in God. It makes me believe that there's a God, that there's a creator who would design this amazing human body that reacts in such a way that it, it just could not have been designed by somebody or it could, it could not have been just a chance or evolved out of nowhere. So to me, when I see this, even when I see cancer, even when I see, you know, the worst case scenarios that come into um, the hospital, which you see a lot, I don't think God, why would you allow this to happen? But rather, I, I look at the human body that he designed and as a maker, and it just makes me a little bit more. But yeah. I will say that if you're looking for excuses to be angry at God, if you're looking for excuses to say that God is not real or, or what kind of God would allow this to happen, you mm. will find them. Mm. Uh, well, you know, and look, and going to that, I, I mean, the people of Israel were receiving bread from heaven and they started complaining against God. Like, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like at that, you're right. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think eventually you get to a point where you say it, it's, it's again, it's, it's a choice of faith, right? It's a choice of faith. You say, will I pursue it or will I seek God or will I not? And, and each one I think has to choose. Yeah, I just want to add to that real quick. That's funny that you guys are, well, not funny, but interesting that you guys are saying that because there was a, an apologist that I heard ask a, a question one time that I think it makes a 100% sense of what you guys are saying, where they said, if I, if I, if you, if there was, uh, uh, if we could prove uh, Christianity, if you could prove Christianity 100% true, would you become a Christian? And some people would say, no. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so all the evidence in the world could not change some people to believe in God. Yeah. All the yeah. evidence. And yeah. that, you know, I mean, I think that's a brilliant question on. And I think it speaks to what you guys are talking about.
So go ahead, go ahead, Martin. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to um, add to what Karen uh, mentioned, you know, in, in my time in the hospital also. I mean, I've met people who were atheists. Wait, what? Wait Martin, what? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Really? Um, no. <laughs> hey, what did you say? What? I, I, I didn't yeah. catch that. No, he said that he worked in the hospital. I mean, like, oh. wow, this is, oh my goodness. Um, wow. I don't oh, think but I'm, we all know this though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, okay, no, no, never mind. I remembered. All right, so I've 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 met people who were both uh, um, believers and found evidence for it, and you know, obviously atheists. But I also met people who were um, believers and be and ended up becoming atheists. You know, say for 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 those of us who are watching, you know, for maybe I don't know whoever might be watching that, you know, they they are struggling with a doubt or their or their faith is 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 rocky. That evidence that's around us, the pain, the suffering, the disease, you know, um, or the other side, you know, the, the beauty, the, the, the majesty of how the earth is created, everything can either take you toward God or take you away from God, depending on how you see it. You know, so there's it, there's there's a big uh, connection between what is it that you what is it that you and I are going to do with the evidence that is around us and how are we going to, I guess, uh, um taking that evidence and is, is it either going to draw us closer to God or draw us uh, far, farther away? For sure. Um, Martin, I want to, I want to recognize again, some of these comments. There's so many, there's so many good ones. We can't get to all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but um, I know Michelle had mentioned that the vaccine is a hot topic too. Again, in the church, right? The, some people say God will heal. So why are we depending on the science? Like that's a big one. We're not going to get into that, but, but I, I think it, I think it shows this debate, right. Of yeah. science and, mm -hmm. and you have no it's idea how many, yeah, how many people have come up to me to ask me, Pastor, should I take the vaccine? Or mask or and, no mask? Yeah, mask or no mask and all those things. So again, there's always that that kind of science versus versus faith thing. Andrew, just, yeah, yeah. Just to add to that real quick, yeah. So I heard some guy say, if you only had one chance, either you pray or you go uh, or you have medicine at the doctor, which one do you choose? You only choose one, as if that was the only choice. Right, right. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why, why not, not pray? Both? Why not pray as you're getting the medicine? I don't know. I I, I don't think it's <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, Mario Guzman mentioned this is a, he says, this is a, he asked a question. Are my personal and supernatural experiences evidences or simply are things that just happen? That's a fascinating question. Again, it's probably a question we can't jump into uh, at, at the moment. Right. But I, but I think there's also that, right. The supernatural, can that be evidence? And let's face it. Some people completely deny that. Any, mm -hmm. any comments on that? No, I, I think in the scientific community, uh, we touched that, touched about it in the beginning, that there are, I guess, certain sciences that completely do away, or certain philosophies that do away with the supernatural. You know, like there if and or they try to explain it away with science, which I don't understand why or how you should do it. You know, or why 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 you do that. You know, because if that's gonna help you go in the direction. Uh, where you need to go in order for you to find more knowledge or, or for you to come to a bigger revelation of, of, of a God, right? In our case of a God, uh, I think we're doing us, uh, we're doing ourselves a, a, a really damaging, uh, we're damaging ourselves by rejecting the supernatural. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I just add to that? Um, the, the verse that comes to my mind is uh, uh, here's the patience of the saints. There are those who have, Keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus or the testimony or witness of Jesus, right? We have the, the commandments of God, which is something that he has revealed to us that is physical, that is 
evidence that we can see. This is evidence. And then we have the faith of Jesus, the experience, the witness. We cannot take one without the other. And the idea that our experience is not an evidence, it's an, it's an evidence to us. Can we use that uh, against someone who is an atheist or a scientist? Maybe not. You know, it might not. It, maybe you might share your experience with them and maybe it will hit home. But that's an evidence for us. Mm-hmm. We have both sides of the coin that I think that we need to share. And that's what the gospel is. Yeah. And I, and I, would, I would say that faith should not depend on the supernatural. Um, I think it's a dangerous thing. We've spoken about this before. You know, go yeah. go back, go back to one of our conversations. It's somewhere out there. I don't know where it's hey, at. Link in the description. Can we yeah, yeah, we got, we got, <laughs> yeah, we got it. That's right. That's right. We got to put the we got to put the link on it. But anyways, but but uh, again, if faith uh, on it. Actually, our faith is based on a person. Yeah. It's based on Jesus, and uh, and everything stems from there. Um, a, a couple more more uh, comments here. I think that are that are again that just we're acknowledging. We can't acknowledge all of them, but here we go. Matthew Reyes says our scientific knowledge isn't absolute. We're still discovering things. We don't know everything, and that's true. We don't. Matthew okay? Reyes says our scientific knowledge isn't. Oh, well, we're getting a little feedback there. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> all right, and. Uh, Dan says the following. He says, Jesus didn't teach about the hard things about nature to learn about God, the creator. He taught the small things of nature, but even in the little things, God's glory was revealed in little. Sometimes we should take a step back and start with the smaller and then progressively get to those harder ones. I think, I think that's a really good comment. Um, and then uh, a little bit more, Matthew was trying to discover what was wrong. Um, uh, Kenan, and, and basically the answer was, he thinks it was your hair and the microphones. Maybe who knows? Well, Matt, All right. hey, maybe Matthew has some AirPods too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe he knows all about that. And then this is the last comment that we've received so far. And I think it's a good one too. Uh, it's the attitude in which you come to the knowledge, your disposition and spiritual discernment that will reveal God to you when you analyze the evidence before you. And, and I think that's what we were saying. All right, we got to wrap it up, but, but here's, here's the last question to you guys. Um, I, I, if, let's say a young person comes up to you and says, you know what? I'm thinking about pursuing uh, a career in um, in 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 the sciences, right? Knowing what you know, really quickly, what would your advice be? This is how we're going to end the conversation today. But what would your advice be? Pursue or not pursue, and why? I think you should let the lady lady go first. I think we should. <laughs> I would say pursue it definitely. Um, I want to say if you're pursuing a career in science, pursue your relationship with God Mm. and make sure that you're centering your foundation. You have a foundation of a faith and a relationship with Christ and understand the sacrifice and understand the character of Christ, because that alone is going to hold you when the going gets tough, because there have been times in my career where I am standing and I'm looking at a situation with a patient and I just want to cry. Because there's absolutely nothing I can do. And no matter what we do, it's not working. And I just want to cry. And in those times, it is my faith and my relationship and my my walk with God that keeps me strong. And piggybacking on that to the other question that we weren't able to answer or we weren't able to get into, do we need to have all the answers? Do we need to have all the explanations? Mm -hmm. In my personal faith, in my personal walk with God, I have come to the conclusion that even if I had nothing, even if I have no explanation at all, even if I never get the answers for whatever scientific question I have, the cross is enough for me. Oh, and even yeah. if I had nothing, and if I learned nothing, even if I, even if I, I knew nothing about science at all, the cross 
of Calvary is enough for me. Mm. And I think that is, if that is enough for you, you can explore any, any type of thing. You can explore any type of philosophy and it's just going to point you more towards your creator. So pursue science. And I want to stay to the church. Do not bash on your children for going to college and coming back with different points of view because I've heard it. Well, is this what you went to college for? So that you can come up with those, these questions. Yeah. Don't let's yeah. not do that. I don't know if you guys have heard this from like, <laughs> you know, like I go to Hispanic church. So, you know, like the little hermanita yeah. saying, no, we should not be doing that. Let's encourage these conversations. Let's encourage these questions and let's have a safe place at the feet of the cross to be, discuss this and point us back to our creator. Mm -hmm. And just, and just uh, Andrew, before you say anything, that very last thing you said, pursue, right? But just have a, because uh, your, your microphone got cut off right at that last moment, but you said pursue it. But have uh, a good relationship with Christ. I think that I think that's what the what, what we we're hearing, and, and we appreciate that, Karen. Andrew, sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, um, I would just say, you know, do as the Bible says, do everything in accordance with your faith. If you're you're if it is to teach, if it is to prophesy, you know, if it is to give, give generously. If it's if it is for you to be a scientist, do this in accordance with your faith. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the the Bill Nye versus Ken Ham uh, uh, debate. You know, we need those Ken Hams. We need those people at the front line to become scientists because they need to hear the gospel, too. You yep. know, we're at a level maybe that maybe we can't reach a scientist because intellectually, maybe we're not there. But maybe if you become a scientist, you will be able to reach that avenue. And God wants to use you as well. Martin, what, what say you? Um, the verse that comes to mind is Isaiah one eighteen. You know, I, I think that's that's something that that we can definitely as a young person wants to, um, you know, tackle a science or go into the field. Um, the Bible says, you know, let uh, come, let us reason together, uh, you know, says the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, though they um, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. I think there is place and a time even when you. Uh, pray when you converse with with God, where God is okay with your questions, God is okay with your doubts. But again, something that Karen pointed pointed to, which is as, which is so important, we have to do it hand in hand with God. If we do it by ourselves, it's going to lead us away from God. You know, the 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 road of faith is not alone. You walk it with the Lord. You walk it with other like minded people. And you are not the only one that is going through the exact same struggle or the exact same questions, you know, um, in your faith, you know, or, or fears in your faith in, in wanting to pursue uh, a scientific uh, a career, you know. Um, and, and she mentioned something that, that I think was, was very important. As church leaders, we have to be, number one, uh, be first to listen and then respond. We got to listen to our young people. We got we to gotta listen to their questions. We got to listen to why they think the way they think. Because let's just say they go into the field of science and there is already a, a, faith, a faith doubt inside their heart. You know, we have to be able to discern by the grace of the Lord and through the, with the help of his Holy Spirit to be able to identify, okay, well, you know what? The science part is, 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 is not really the issue. It's what's happening deeper in your heart you know we it's only something that god can reveal and if we don't allow our young people to come to church 
and ask those questions, they're going to go somewhere else. And those answers are not going to be God-like. Look at all the answers that, that we have around the world in regards to morality, in regards mm -hmm. to ethics, in regards to uh, marriage, in regards to family. There are so many types of answers. But if but we think that by our response as, well, la Biblia lo dice así, o porque el Señor lo dice así, we, we think that that is enough. No, we are in an era where that is no longer the appropriate answer. And we as church leaders must be attentive and patient and willing to listen to our young people and pray for them, walk with them this, this, uh, this road that they're also on as they discover the purpose that God has placed in their heart. Maybe it is science. Or maybe it's it's law because there are people that that become not just scientists they become doctors they become teachers and they're atheists. Mm. They're I mean I've known and maybe you guys have too I've known of of Adventists that go to Adventist schools and become atheists, but no one wants to talk about that, you know. Yeah. So we we got we gotta be very uh, we gotta be honestly quick to listen and then to respond. Yeah, Martin, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the, all the answers. Honestly, I, you know, I, I think everything you guys have said is is just spot on. Uh, if if I could even add anything, which I don't think I can, but I, I would just say that I believe that your faith in God enriches your pursuit of science. Um, uh, the 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 belief that that there is a God that designed these things, right? That that ended up. Uh, creating a complex and intricate universe. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the text in Isaiah. I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, this this idea that that God is a master designer, mm -hmm. and and it is it is shown in the fact that it it is just so amazing. Because honestly, I look. I'm I'm not a scientist, but there are sometimes when I read this stuff and I'm just like, wow. Except that my conclusion always ends up being praise God. Like, this is just amazing. As opposed to saying like, oh yeah, no, all of a sudden God can't be. Um, I, I would also say you guys all mentioned something about the church. And I would also say that the church needs to educate themselves mm -hmm. when it comes to science. And, uh, you know, there are very, as, as I read the list and there are many, many more scientists that we could point to that also have beliefs and have excellent books out there. We don't know about them though. Because if you're stuck on social media, if you're stuck on the YouTubes, if you're stuck on the Netflixes and, and all these documentaries, you're going to get a different side of it. And it's not yeah. going to be a pro-religious side. It's going to be an anti-religious side. And so if we want to be well-rounded people, I think we all got to go in and we got to you know, uh, make sure that, that, that we're aware of what's going on. But you know, put God first, obviously. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that at the end, there are people who 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 can who can give you so much when it comes to the topic of science, you know. But 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 sometimes we just again, as I've said, we cannot ignore those questions. Um, and and for the record, uh, I, I I see uh, ZGB who I, I got to mention this comment because it just kind of goes to almost exactly what I was saying. He says, "I hear what you say. There's a big problem. How is a young person that is in the field of science going to receive a satisfactory answer from a pastor that is not a scientist?" 100% agree. That's my whole point, right? I, I don't. I think that we need to educate ourselves so that we That's can right. point our young people to those who do have the expertise. Mm -hmm. I have heard incredible, incredible explanations from scientists working, for example, at Loma Linda University, right at the leading edge of their field. 
but you know, we gotta, we gotta go in there. And, and, you know, I, I don't, as a pastor, I don't, I take zero offense to anything like that. I would say at the end, um, there are things that I know, I know, and there are things that I don't, and we gotta be honest. Sometimes we try to answer the questions that we don't know. Exactly. And we got to be careful with that. We got to yep. be careful with that. But at the end, I think all of us agree we got to put God first. All right, we got to wrap it up because uh, it's been it's been a while here and it's been a ride. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, we want to thank everybody, everybody that's joined us. And if if we didn't get to your comment, it's not not that we ignore. We actually make notes of these comments and we and we look at what future conversations should be just in case. Uh, Karen, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You, you fought through the technical issues and all that. You joined us. Your input, greatly appreciated. Uh, we hope that you'll be able to join us again. Uh, we got Matthew Ray is saying part two. Should there be a part two? two? I We're think there should be, that. man. There's a lot that we can go we into. Did not get through. Yeah, yeah. We, we <laughs> actually did not get through everything that we wanted to get through. Perhaps there will be. Uh, and we'll let you know. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, if you're new to our channel, just, you know, subscribe. We're a small channel. We're just, you know, again, no, nothing amazing, nothing big, but uh, we're just trying to bring these honest conversations to you guys from our perspectives. We don't have all the answers, but we do believe these are important conversations to have. Uh, with that being said, uh, Martin, is it okay if you lead us in the final word of prayer? Yeah, yeah, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, Lord, we give you thanks because we have an opportunity, God, to wrestle and be able to ask questions, Lord, uh, not just about faith, but also about the pursuit of science, Lord. We know that there is enough evidence for both, Lord. Please, I pray that uh, if it's a change of, of view that we need to have, Lord, so we can see both in the right light, please do that, Father. Create create that new light in our, in our, in our minds, Lord. And I want to pray specifically for the young people who either are listening now or have been uh, or will be in the future, Lord. I pray, Father, that you may speak to them, Lord, as they pursue a career in the sciences, whatever science they choose, Lord. I pray that um, you may walk with them as, as they go in through those classes, as they uh, learn the theories and, and the mechanics of, of the natural world, Lord. But I pray, Father, that instead of seeing evidences that, that um, point to the contrary, that they may come to the conclusion there is, that there is a, a great and powerful uh, designer, creator, um, master of it all, Lord, and that it points to you, Lord. Please also help us as church leaders not only educate ourselves, Lord, but do a good enough job to, to point them in the direction that they need to go, Lord. Point them to you because it is about you. It is about the um, what Jesus did on the cross. It is about the evidence that you have left behind in this wonderful world that you created, Lord. Help us, Father, as, as leaders in, in our churches, in our, in, in our social groups, Lord, to be able to point people to God and also be able to be okay with not having all the answers. But we come to you because you have them all. And we know that sooner or later, you will answer all the questions that we have. We thank you, God, for everything you have given us. We thank you also for everyone that was able to join us tonight. Bless everyone. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, Martin, thank you for that prayer. Um, uh, Karen, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Jason, if he's still watching us, I don't know if he is. Hey, drive safely, brother. Congratulations on behalf of the Keep Calm family. He's getting married this Sunday, this Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we hope it is going to be an awesome day out there. Just, just I hope he's blessed, right? But we missed him and we hope to see him soon. 
Uh, and then for everybody else that joined all the comments, thank you so much again for joining us, being part of the conversation. And again, you know what we do here. We try to have these conversations, but when all of a sudden all these things start getting really crazy, all these details, all these facts, right? All, all, all this evidence, all these talk about science and faith, you know what we tell you five words, you know what they are. Keep calm and admin on, keep looking towards the coming of Jesus. Keep focusing on him. He's going to take you to the truth. God bless. We'll see you guys soon.